Welcome to the Tragedy Academy, where you are the teacher and we are the students. Together, we will learn from past tragedy to lay the foundation for a better humanity. The only supplies you'll need, an open mind and a sense of humor. So, tilt that chair back, talk out of turn, and never raise your hand, because this is the Tragedy Academy and classes in session, non pure scholar. Super excited about this. Before we even start anything, thanks so much, man, for coming on. I genuinely appreciate it. I know you're friends with Gary, and this is something that, you know, you guys have known as, you know, since Christ was a corporal. But um, I just want to tell you myself, I appreciate you for, uh, for coming on here. And hey, thank you. I appreciate it. It's a lot. Yeah, so, it's been, uh, we, we were together for six weeks, but never saw each other really. So it's a, it was odd just, uh, it's true. constantly going, but, uh, it's good. It's a, it's a, he, he inspires a lot of people. Um, you know, like I'm almost as old as him and I could barely like wipe my ass some days from working out for 10 minutes. So I'm like, <laughs> all right, I got to step it up. It's, it's a. It's hard not to be motivated, which is good. Both it is hard not to be motivated. Have me like doing shit better since I met you, so it's good. Good. You're sorry, I'm not trying to not pay attention here. All yeah. right. So, is there anything that you don't want to discuss? Just because I like to make sure. Nah, I mean, you can ask me anything. If I don't like the question, I'll tell you to fuck off. And if sweet, if we're good. We're good. I like so, that. It's easier that way. He's not um, going to do that. He's Canadian. Yeah. Here's here's the deal, though. For real, I don't think you should pursue because this drives me nuts with my MBA guys and like actors and stuff. If you want to pursue a life in the public eye, you can't pick and choose what you'd be public about. Yes. Like you and and you can you can actually I shouldn't say that you can pick and choose, but you can't be mad when people ask the question. Can't unseason soup either. Yeah. Once you, you put it out there, it's in the, it's in the mix. Yeah. Like you can't like it's it gets too bad. So if you're if you're a WWE superstar, you go out for dinner and a kid asks you for an autograph, like sign the autograph. Like it's or you have enough money, book the restaurant out completely and go private or have takeout in your home. Like you have options. If your money's being made from the public eye, get used yeah, to it. There's exceptions though. Like people should not let their kids roll up to someone like mid meal, like on a date. Like no, no, no. I get you, but you also know if you're the most famous movie star in the world that that's going to happen. Yeah. So if you don't want it to happen, like no. take some precautions to make sure it doesn't. No, that's true. You know what? I, I honestly, I, I like, well, first, welcome to the Tragedy Academy, a show created to bridge societal divides in a judgment-free zone using candor and humor. I think to this point that if you're authentically pursuing what you truly love, you would never walk away from somebody that was giving you some kind of accolade for what it is that you're doing because it is the most important and the happiest part of your life and you want to share it. I think I agree. that I, I think that the, if an actor puts up a wall, um, unless it's some kind of special situation that they, they're not likely not authentically pursuing what it is that they truly love because they wouldn't be shutting other people out from their experience. Well, the other thing is, is now you're talking about making money and pursuing fame versus a love of acting. Here's something I've argued for a while. If you're doing acting for the love of acting, you can act for your family. You can rent out a theater and do stuff for your friends. Like there are ways to do it where you're not pursuing fame. The minute you start pursuing fame, the public's paying your bills. The public's putting money in your pocket. You're doing it for some type of performance art. I think there comes an expectation that if you want to become the most famous person in the world, that you're on stage 24, seven, 365, unless you remove yourself from the public. Like I know, for example, I want to get into acting. I know right now that if I want to become like the rock, there's things that come along with it. I'm not a stupid guy. I'm aware that my privacy is going to shrink. 
I can make the decision as an intelligent adult right now to go down that road or not. Because again, if I just want to do it because I love acting, I can perform plays in front of my kids. And it feels just as good, if not better. It should feel better. Uh, before we move on, yeah. I guess I should introduce you. Bobby Maximus is here with us today. Uh, my name is Jay. Welcome to the Tragedy Academy, a show created to bridge societal divides in a judgment-free zone. Gary is here today. What's going on, man? How you guys doing? Living the dream. We've got Gary's friend, Bobby Maximus, in today. Gary, you want to introduce your friend here? Yeah, so me and Bobby go way back. Uh, Bobby's a professional fighter. Um, we met on season two of The Ultimate Fighter in, what, 2005, probably? Yeah. Um, we were young and uh, both had hair back then. And... Uh, Bobby was on this last season at 43 years old, the oldest uh, contestant we've ever had, uh, season 30 of The Ultimate Fighter. Uh, for those that don't know, I'm the executive producer of that show. Uh, been there for about 19 years now. And uh, yeah, me and Bobby go way back. Uh, I sat through, what, six hours of surgery with him back in the day, and uh, we've stayed in you touch. And he was relentless about getting his shot back on the show, and there was so many obstacles, and he just it wasn't going to be denied. It was, it was something impressive to watch because there was multiple times where he was told by powers that be there's no chance and he just never heard that and he made it and think that's uh you know it's a, it's, it's a good you're a good role model to have for us like hitting our mid 40s type of guys that, that kind of feel like shit maybe there's a bunch of shit we can't do anymore um obviously there's a few things but there's a lot of stuff we could still do um if we just go do it so yeah i'm like uh i got the shirt i don't see uh the genius thing that let's let's read that for for all of us out there in podcast land the genius thing that we did was we didn't give up uh, i couldn't agree more with that. And one of the things that I wanted uh, to start out with is the word action, because I was looking back through the things that you've done, you know, throughout your career and your life. And I saw so many different hats, so many different roles, so many different accomplishments, and we could list them off for days. But what I saw more than anything else was you never sat still. It was always action. And can you tell me where that action comes from in Bobby Maximus? Yeah, yeah. I think for me is I learned a lot when my dad died. Uh, my dad was my best friend. When I grew up, I wasn't popular. I didn't have a lot of friends. And so I hung out with my dad, his friends. Uh, my dad died when I was 20. And not only did I lose my dad, I lost my best friend. I lost my social network. It was really difficult. And one thing always stuck from me from losing my dad. My dad died at 49, which is young. Mm. Like to put that in perspective, I'm 43 right now. I could literally drop dead in six years. And so you don't have a lot of time which is, it's a very interesting concept because we always assume we've got one more day, one more week, we've got one more year. Now, on top of that, I was a police officer. And when I was a cop, you'd be shocked or surprised the amount of people that die. Like you go to a sudden death call every day as a police officer. And I'm not talking from murders or like car accidents. I'm talking someone slips and falls down the stairs and they die. They, and this happens to middle-aged men, they go out in the backyard to do landscaping. It's too hot. They overexert themselves. They drop dead. The human being is completely fragile. And so starting in my 20s when my dad died, once I got through the anger, the misery, the pain, the self-loathing, all the stuff that goes along with losing a love, one. I decided that the best way to live my life was to just go after what I want. And that's again, taking action, living every day. Like it's your last now, not literally like I got you. Last. You're not, you're not streaking, um, you know, the, the baseball yeah. field every other day because it might be your last one. That's your, yeah, that's your I last started. wish right there is like on my last day, I'm showing everyone my nuts. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Go big, go home. 
But I'm not talking about doing anything crazy, but I started asking myself the question, why not instead of why? So when I would go to do something, hey, I want to get into acting. Hey, I want to write for men's health. I want to fight again in the UFC. Rather than say, why would I do that? I would say, why not? Like what, what's going to be the harm in just trying this or just going after it? And just by having that attitude, I've opened myself up to so many possibilities. You know, that's amazing point. And one of the things I'd like to piggyback on that is that we tend to design ourselves or grow to a mold that has been given to us. And in all these different jobs or these different things, um, it's proven that we're pliable and that we have the ability to be anything that we truly want to be in life. We, there are no limits except for the physical at some point will hold you back from being able to do something. But aside from that, I feel like all limitations are a mold that are issued from birth by your selected group and that you will, you will perform within that with those limitations until somebody removes that from above you, like a human bunk cake, you know, and gives you the chance to actually expand and grow to what you were originally intended to be. And that's anything. I, and I think that you're a prime example of that is that you can go out and actually enjoy the human experience. Well, here, here's an example. I always say that self-imposed limitations, it's a glass cage we build around ourselves. A lot of limits that we have are self-imposed. Now let's talk about podcasting because we're on a podcast. Sure. You like listening to Joe Rogan. You like listening to, to, to Dan Patrick. You like listening to, I mean, whoever has the biggest podcast in the world. I don't know who it is, but you like podcasts and you want to start one. A lot of people will come up with a list of reasons why they shouldn't do it. Mm. That's what we always start Why? with. So That's need. where we start, right? Yep. But it's phone, not that you can hard make a podcast. Anymore. Just a phone. So yeah. you have this, you can make a podcast. I'm looking at your set. You have the logo on the wall. That doesn't cost that much to get one printed out. So rather than start asking your start, you know, asking yourself why I would do this, why not? The logo costs 10 bucks. I already have this, bucks. whatever it was. I can download whatever on, you know, Spreaker or iTunes or whatever your, you know, whatever your uh, podcast housing. Just you know, love what you're is. talking about and love the process. Yeah, like just go for it and try it. And you know what? It might turn out to be good. It might not. But if you love what you're doing and you have fun, you're going to be able to, you know, at somewhat level be successful, but we have to define what success is. If you're doing it truly, I like what you said earlier. If you're doing it because you love it, success is just doing the thing. It's not winning or losing. It's not measured in downloads. It's not measured in ad revenue. Correct. It's you're successful because you're doing something you love. One of the greatest examples that I've heard on the show of this was something that we discussed when Matthew Scheel was on. And it was a meme that he had come across recently that was a miner. And it was like a side view where you can see him mining through this cave alone with like his little light on pickaxe. And right beyond like the next two or three picks was gold. And you see him turn around and leave, even though he was only a few picks from the gold. And one of the takeaways from that that we were discussing was that it wasn't the fact that he should have just kept going a little further. It was the fact that he should have just loved mining and he shouldn't have been going after somebody else's gold. The moment that you're not loving the mining process, you're not mining it for the gold. You're mining, you know, you have to love your, love the process itself. God, I can't even spit that out right. Yeah. yeah and if you love it, then you're a winner. Oh, right. Like society judges winners and losers in like wins, losses, points scored, uh, downloads, money, like whatever. Whatever that is, but I know some of the most successful people in the world by those standards and they go to bed miserable every night. I did. They're uh, unhappy. I also know people who paint, 
who write poetry, who spit freestyles, who work out, who have podcasts that you've never heard of that are the happiest people in the world because they're fulfilled. So for me, I've just learned to redefine failure and success. And if I'm happy doing it and it's through the process of chasing my dreams, then I'm winning every day. Like, I, and I mean this, if I die tonight, I will die knowing that I didn't sit still, that I don't have regrets that I'm chasing the things that I you love. You mean embrace victory. Regardless of what any other person could think or say about. Yeah, I think uh, you're, you're, you're describing the antithesis to the I am a victim. I am this persona. I am all of these flaws. I am every reason that I can't be you and you are everything that I won't muster up within myself to actually pull through and accomplish something. Uh, I, th I think we see it all the time. You're, what you're describing is the opposite of a person that has said, I am a victim and everybody should feel sorry for me. And in this victimhood, I don't have to do anything except for be a victim of circumstance. And I can tell everybody else they're bad at what they're doing because that's a fuck ton easier than it is stepping over my own trash and moving on on my own. So much easier. It's easy. And everything easy. we hate everybody for is the things that we won't do within ourselves. Well, and what it comes down to is regret. I think regret's the worst mm. feeling in the world. You know, being 50 years old and looking back on your life and thinking, maybe I could have done this. Maybe I should have tried this. I'm miserable where I am. What if I would have just done it? You see, here's what happens when you take actionable steps to deal with regret proactively. There's something I really want to do. I don't know what it is. It could be acting. It could be a podcast. It could be fighting in the UFC. It could be, you know, trying to make the NBA. And there's a little voice that constantly tells me, you want to do this. You want to do this. But I keep denying it. And I sit on my couch filled with regret and spite. And like I said earlier, self-loathing. That's the worst feeling in the world. So if I actually get up off my ass and try, what are the potential outcomes? Well, one potential outcome is I become Joe Rogan. The next potential outcome is I make the NBA. Another potential outcome is I win season 30, the ultimate fighter. So maybe I'm successful. The other potential outcome is I fall on my face and I fail. I don't get anywhere. That to me though, it's not a failure. It's still a success because I tried. And in the process of failing, I found peace, which is the opposite of regret, which is the greatest feeling in the world. Mm. Yeah. So if I list. go to try something like me going on the ultimate fighter season 30, one of two things is going to happen. I'm going to win and I'm going to be successful or I'm going to lose and I'm going to be successful because now I find peace. And there are people, like I mentioned earlier, that are worth millions, tens of millions, hundreds of millions, billions of dollars that don't have peace and there's no amount of money in their bank account that can buy it. So if you have something that you can do to find peace, it's literally invaluable. Well, that's what you were created to do. That's one of the core parts of this show is authenticity. And I always say that um, if you, you're created one way and to be anything but that creation is a slap in the face and disrespectful to whatever or whomever made you because you're perfect already. We give ourselves all of those contradictions to success and happiness and all those things just from, from within our own mind. And I think that when you pursue action and those items, you're actually, you're being mindful with the time that you have that we're aware of rather than living in the past and the future in things that don't a lot exist. Of it, yeah. 
it's, it's a lot. It's where you grow up and the environments you come from. And, you know, with the internet and access to more people now, it's different. Growing up, you know, in the 80s, we had no role models outside of our inner circle. So if you grew up with people that weren't pushing you or didn't believe in you, you know, it would be tough. You know, everybody around where I was from was told they're not going to be shit. My mom didn't tell me that I was going to be the shit every day of my life. Like I would have not been shit, yep. you know, like you better join the army or fucking go get a factory job or you're going to prison. That was it. Like college wasn't even something that people would tell you to do, let alone like try to chase some kind of dream. And if it wasn't for like, you know, one person in my life at that point, because I was doing all kind of everything wrong and I barely by the skin of my teeth made it out, just not wanting to disappoint her. You guys would never have saw me because it was a lot easier to just gangbang and, you know, sell dope and fight and, you know, all those like truth be told, that shit's fun, you know, like being fearless and like live, living like you don't give a shit, like responsibilities suck. And when you're young and wild and free, like you could take that too far. You don't have somebody at least like, hey, you know, so I think people need to look for role models and people like Bobby that are on TV now and, uh, you know, they have a platform. I watched your episode. Back. It was amazing. It was, I learned, it felt like I was watching in that moment, your show that I was learning from you. And that was the intent of the direction of what I was looking at was it you're, you're very charismatic, but you're very honest and authentic in the way that you deliver things. And I kind of want to ask, where does the mentorship drive come from? Because that seems to be a theme within your life is policing and taking care of our community and others. Where does that come from? Yes. So I'm from Northern Ontario. Uh, I'm from a super small town that nobody's ever heard of. And I'm from a place where people take care of one another. They love one another. doesn't matter what your skin color is. It doesn't matter what your sexual preference is. You're just a small, tight knit community. And it's from the, it's the type of place where if you two showed up at somebody that knew me from when I was a kid, they would invite you in, feed you, give you a bed to sleep in. It's just the right thing to do to look after other people. So I grew up with two parents that my dad was a part of the Lions Club and he was always doing things for people. Even though we didn't have a lot growing up, my mom was always helping people. So it was always, I lived in an environment that was filled with, I guess, acts of service. Mm. And growing up, I learned, you know, by watching my parents that the single greatest thing you can do is positively influence another human being. So now let's talk about the show. Whether I won or lost, it's not consequential. Uh, how I'm portrayed, it's not really consequential. The only thing I care about is that A, I found my own peace. And then B, if one man out there, if one woman out there found the courage quit the job that they hate, to be a better parent, to get out of bumper to bumper traffic, to maybe be happier, to not kill themselves, which is something that happens way too often. Mm -hmm. If one person watched that episode and got that message and changed their life, I have done what I'm supposed to do as a human being. Um, everyone wants to change the world and they start with things like poverty, gun control, abortion is in the news right now. They just talk about all these big overarching things that they cannot affect. Mm. You want to know how to change the world? If every single one of us on this planet just tried to be kinder to somebody else, just said, you know what? It's Friday, July the 1st. I'm going to go out and help somebody today. And maybe it's they bought a homeless person a sandwich. Maybe it's they helped their neighbor cut the lawn. Maybe it's they gave money to a charity, like whatever it is. If 8 billion people on this planet did that, and then they did it tomorrow, and then they did it the next day, I promise you all problems in the world would be solved in 30 days. Like it would literally be that. We simple. treat acts of kindness like going to the gym. We bitch about it, whine about it. We want no part 
of it every single day until when we get there and we do it and we're happy acts of kindness are also i've i find myself the biggest narcissist when it becomes to those or when it comes to acts of kindness because man they feel good there's such a payoff when you see that you positively impacted somebody else's life or that there's some kind of change in their path that is going to you know that was at your hands or at your you know advice man that feels fucking good that feels so uh, yeah. good and like i said we'll treat it like the gym we don't want to go we'll bitch about it we'll, you know i do it I do it all the time. I'm like, ah, you know, well, if one thing falls in front of me, I won't go. <laughs> but you know who else feels good for? That person that you were kind to, and you don't even realize this, that cried themselves to sleep the night before. Yep. That had a gun in the mouth the night before. Yep. That was like taking the shoelaces out of their shoe to hang themselves the night before. Like, you don't know what other people are going through. And so something that's as simple to you is just an act of kindness. You literally might have saved somebody else's life. And so for me, I want to help people. And I've also been fortunate, uh, and I'm just going to you know, talk about Gary for a second. Um, on The Ultimate Fighter 2, that's what stands out to me about when I was on that season was my experience with Gary. Gary really went above and beyond to take care of us all. And I remember that. And it made my experience a lot better. It made me happier. It helped me find peace. It, it was it was remarkable. And he, if you asked him, he'd say he's just doing his job. But it was a lot more than that to all of us. And so I've had a lot of people like Gary in my life that have given me something that have helped me. They didn't have to. And I've always been grateful for that. And one of my first fight trainers always said to me, I said, how do I thank you for this? And he said, just do it for somebody else. Mm, pay it forward. Just like, and I know it's become cliche, the pay it forward thing. But I'm not talking about buying somebody's Starbucks coffee that they don't need. Just help somebody else. If you if you have a minute, and by the way, how often have we all been there and we have just needed help? Like I just need some free advice, like how to change the taps in my bathroom, how to hook up a light, how to like that. I just would have killed for somebody to be there at that moment to help me. We've all been there. Yeah. So part of my life's mission is to help other people as much as possible. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I think for me, I've just seen the struggle of people trying to make it in the fight business, especially and people, you know, that watch the show for, for anybody that's listening that doesn't watch it. 16 fighters will move into a mansion and, and compete in a tournament. Tournament, the winner gets a big contract in the UFC, which is their ultimate goal. So people will say like, oh, are they bitching? They're in a $5 million house and they get all the food they want and all this. Like they're also away from their family. They're away from their friends. They're away from their kids. They're, they're dieting like know, hell. Yeah. They're, they're eating breakfast with the guy they got to fight in a cage the next day. And like, you know, it's, it's, it's a pressure cooker and their whole dreams on the line. And a lot of guys, you know, they don't realize like if they don't do well, it's not their end of the world, but you also like, if you don't feel like that, like you're probably not going to do well. So it's like, you know, you, you gotta, you know, you gotta help where you can. You know, there's a lot of reality TV people that like to do the other, like make it more difficult and, and play psychological game and get people to break and fold and cry. And, and like, it's more drama. It's, you know, like I can't do that as a person, you know, and I don't think that's good television either. Um, the drama is built in. You're fighting in a cage like you're yeah. like, I just want to tell the stories as accurately as I possibly can and like give the assistance that I can to get people through it. Um, and, you know, it's it's a good job. I get paid a lot of money. I 
enjoy a lot of things about it. But hearing that shit um, is definitely the best part about it. Uh, Mike Chiesa had an article about me after season 15. His father had died during the, the season um, and I helped him through the whole thing. It was That season was live. So it was, you know, it wasn't taped and then they go home and watch it. They shoot it for three days and fights were live on Friday and it was three times as long. And, you know, his dad had died. He flew, got into the house. Um, his dad died right after his fight. He got to watch him win his fight to get into the house on TV and passed away that night. Fucking crazy shit. Um, and he flew home to the funeral and, and he came back and like I was sad with him every day, you know, and cried my eyes out with him. And, you know, like that sort of terrible that that happened to him. But like being able to be there, like I don't know if I wasn't there, like how it would have changed his experience because he needed someone that cared in that moment. Um, and I just, you know, it was me. I was blessed to have that opportunity to help him through it. And uh, I always read that article when I'm like having a bad day or like fuck this job or whatever. I've read it 10,000 times. Maybe it's just my, me being a narcissist, you know, but it's like that is, you know, when I feel like I'm not getting paid enough or someone screws me out of a job and, you know, it's something like that. I'm like, it doesn't matter. Like I got 300 pairs of shoes. Like I, I'm fine, you know, financially, like that's not more at this There's point. You know? Nothing wrong with reading that article because these random acts of kindness, they're really the first one should be loving yourself because you're not going to be a whole human to anybody else or affect change if you're not loving yourself correctly. You're not a full, not a full person. So you have to show yourself the same love that you would show, you know, anybody else. You have to love your flaws. You have to give yourself all of that respect in order to be able to be effective in your change. And since when is it a bad thing to celebrate your wins or to be proud of yourself for something you did or to take pride in the way you conducted yourself? Like we live in a society now where we're supposed to be humble. And what people have taken that to mean is that they're going to be self-depreciating, that they don't recognize the positive traits in their life. But we need some positivity. So you're damn right if somebody thanks me in an article, I'm going to read it. You're damn right if I do something nice for somebody, I'm going to think positive things about it. Now, I might not blast it all over social media, like if I buy a homeless person a sandwich, I'm not going to run to my Instagram story and say, hey, look what I did today. But you're damn right. I can take a minute and feel good about it. What is wrong with feeling good or patting right. yourself on the back? There's nothing wrong with that. Arguably, you are doing a service and kindness to the person that put the time and effort into the article about you. I bet the person that wrote that article would sit there and feel so good to know that the creative thought that they put into that description and that story was something that you found solace in in some of your times of need. We don't think about that, the gratitude that comes with that. So you're doing them a service. Here's the other thing and think about the irony of this situation. Here's Gary. And I meant what I said, like Gary's one of the most caring people I've ever met when it comes to the professional industry of TV, media, stuff like that. Um, and think about this. Gary took a couple hours of his time, a week of his time. I mean, whatever it was, 40 hours, 50 hours, I, I don't know how to quantify it, but you took some time to help another human being. And that person was featured in an article talking about their experience. And now years later, when Gary's having a tough time, that article turns around and helps him. So in a way, kindness begets kindness. Help begets help. Like it comes full it's circle. So I promise you, and you shouldn't be doing this looking for a reward. But I promise you, if you're kind to somebody every day, if you help somebody every day, it 
will come back to you in, I don't believe in karma. I don't believe in all kinds of stuff like that, but it will come back to you in a positive way. Now, I want to tell you another story from when I was a cop. I was actually a good cop. There's a lot of cops that are shitty. There's a lot of bad stuff that happens in the United States. There's racism. There's cops beating on people. There's all kinds of stuff. And I'll tell you guys a story I never forget. I was in the mall. didn't have a gun on. And I was walking out of the bathroom and I started to get surrounded by a bunch of gangbangers. And I had a moment like, oh, fuck. Couple of them were cussing at me, swearing, threatening me. You're going to get it. You're a pig, like the whole deal. And there was a person there who stepped up and said, no, 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 guys, he's good. He treated me well. And everyone just fucking walked away. And I was like, what the fuck? And I stayed and talked to the dude for a minute. He's like, listen, man, you probably don't even remember you arrested me once. He's like, but you treated me with so much respect. And I was like, oh shit. Okay. You never know. Horrible beatdown. And I don't even remember what I did, but maybe I told him thank you. Maybe I prepped him for the station. Maybe I didn't cuff him. Maybe I didn't rough up. I mean, I don't know even what it was. He just said I treated him well and was kind. And then it came back around and I would, I mean, could have lost my life. I would have been on the end of beatdown. That stuff happens because you might not remember what you did for another person, but they will. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And one thing I always tried to do is if I did arrest somebody, I can still treat them like kindness. Like I'm just doing a job. You know what I mean, Gary? Like if I arrest you with like a little sack of drugs on you, I don't have to be a dickhead. No. I can still be nice about it. I can still say, hey man, I'm just doing my job. Like there are ways to deal with people and still give them some form of respect and it comes back around. So that's what people don't understand. The other thing they don't understand is you never know when it might come back around because I always say this, the person that you step over to get to the top might be the same person that you need help from later on. Oh, it happens in my business all the time. They may actually rise above you. And believe me, if you shit all over them, They will remember you. I look at Gary. I mean, Gary's like the ultimate success story for this. On the Ultimate Fighter 2, Gary was driving a van, fetching food, sitting with this Canadian idiot through surgery for six hours and working his butt off, getting yelled at by people, like getting mistreated. Fast forward 17 years, Gary's the fucking boss. So if you were working with Gary on season two or three or four, I hope you spoke to him with respect because you might need something from him now. I mean, that's how the world works. You're hundred percent right. hundred percent right. It's like that. I've so many people that have worked for me are, have hired me, you know, like even recently, like they used to be my assistant. Now I go work for them or, and sometimes I hire them. Sometimes they hire me. Like it's. You know, we say where I'm from, you get it how you live it. You know, if you're out there wiling out and, and, and doing wrong, you're going to get it that way too. You know, if you're out there doing right, be righteous, then you're going to get it that way too. You know, it's like karma or whatever, you, you know, everyone's got a different name for it. But if I'm out there robbing people and doing fucked up shit, like there's a lot of people that want to get me, you know, if I'm out there helping people all the time, like not a lot of people are going to want to take your life or, Bro, you know, isn't that a beautiful thing know. when you treat people well, nobody's coming headhunting for you. Yeah. You know, uh, an old wrestling coach of mine used to have a phrase about this. He said, arrogance breeds competition. And I was like, what does that mean? He said, listen, if you're successful, people are going to want to take you down anyway. Don't give them extra reasons by being arrogant. He's like, just be nice to everybody. Shake your opponent's hand. Like it's essentially from sport. Don't give people bull, uh, billboard material. Mm. Like I don't want to be the person. 
I don't want to be the reason you're waking up every day to take me down. Oh, yeah. You don't want to be somebody's, be. <laughs> you don't want to be anybody's origin story. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, no, 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 I'm not into that. Like, just be, just be nice to people. Like, I, I promise you, it will work out better for you that way. Like, even if you're a dickhead and you have no interest in being kind to people, just be kind because I promise you, you'll get something from it. It's just easier too. Yeah. You don't have to remember a bad interaction. We think that, you know, when we're assholes, we think that that goes away way with the person that walked away that you were an asshole too. That's not true because we're not supposed to be the asshole to begin with. And we're holding it somewhere inside ourselves and we feel horrible for what we did. It's just showing up in different ways, ways that we eat, depression, anxiety, whatever it is. The moment that you start hurting other people, you're taking a portion of that on yourself that you're going to carry with you until you exercise yeah. those demons. Well, the other thing, and I'll circle back to the show. How much does kindness cost? Which it's not, it's, it's, it's something I call free 99. That's it. Like it's, it's nothing. So I'm glad they showed this on the show. Uh, they showed a clip of me talking to two girls on the show, Claire and Brogan. Saw that. And the context of that was they realized I had a book with men's health. They realized I was financially independent and successful. They realized I'd been there. So they were asking me questions. How do I grow my Instagram? How do I make money from sponsorship? Claire works as an accountant. How am I going to prep to quit my job so I can pursue my dream? Now I'm in a house where I have nothing to do. I mean, don't get me wrong. We had filming, we had fights, we had all kinds of stuff, but essentially I'm in a house where I've got time. Hold on. There's a giant truck outside my garage. This is the the noise you got to deal with, but hopefully that you can get it. It's, edited it's the Tragedy anyway, Academy. We're good. Yeah. Okay. As long Here's as the deal. Over. I am in a house where at that point I had nothing else to do. I just finished saying what an awesome dude Gary was. He was also a dickhead because he took away our TV. He took away my Magic the Gathering cards. He took away my PlayStation 5. <laughs> like literally we could stare at the walls and watch paint dry. Oh, I thought you brought your kid's suitcase on accident. That was all your yes. stuff. Yes. So I have literally nothing to do at that moment. So what does it cost me to sit and talk to these people and try to help them? It literally costed nothing. Like I said, free 99. That's it. Like it's, it's a, like people are acting like being kind or doing something nice for somebody is expensive or takes a lot of time or a lot of effort. Sometimes it's literally, it costs nothing. And the other kicker is you had mentioned earlier to bring this full circle about if you love what you do. Guess what I happen to do for a living? which I chose. I write for men's health. I do corporate speaking. I want to be an inspiration. So wait, wait, wait. I get to also do my hobby or do what I love. Like this is actually kind of paying me. So why wouldn't I take time to help other people? And by doing so, I can then also help how many ever millions of people are watching this. And it doesn't have to be every single one of them. But like I said, if one of them, two of them, three of them find the courage to quit their job, find the courage to be a better dad, find the courage to fix their marriage, find the courage to go after a dream of me. There's a, there's a really cool, uh, side effect of that. Um, it's the positive impact that you have on yourself. When you tell people yeah. the great things that they do and who they are, or you help them with sage advice and things like that. If there's ever a time that you're giving yourself positive affirmations and self-talk, it's that moment because you're hearing everything you're telling them to do. You're living it in that moment and it's only reinforcing it even more within yourself. It's going to help you move forward with a stronger foundation. It makes you put your money where your mouth is too. You know, there's been times I've been trying to really motivate somebody and then I myself was like not going to do something because I got lazy or whatever. And then maybe they're called me on it or I knew they were going to. And I'm like, fuck, I got to get my ass off the couch today because like trying to help this person do something and they're going to see me just not doing, the, you know, so I mean, Bobby's like, he's one of those guys too that I share like my music and everything 
everything with him. And he's, he's always got, you know, some positive to say that, you know, constructive criticism as well. But it's like, you know, it's he's, he's like this all the time. It's like not just when he's on TV or on a, a podcast or something. It's like, you know, that's why we stayed friends for so long. I think we're very similar. And it's just like, you know, grew up very differently, but like still the same type of person, you know, and luckily but he made it through the cop shit and I made it through the shit that I went through to like get to a place where like, you know, we're still alive. If yeah. Where we're the same though, is that we both genuinely want people to win. Like when I say Gary genuinely cares about every single person that's been on the ultimate fighter, I mean it. He genuinely cares. And it's probably hard for him. Like I put words in your mouth, Gary, to watch people lose. Fuck, I cry, like man. you literally <laughs> want every single person on that show to get a contract and to win. I'm the same way. I want everybody to win. And just, we live in a society where if you're winning, it means I'm losing. And I can't stand that. I want everybody to win. I want to have the tallest building in town, but I don't want to have it by tearing down other people's buildings. I just want to build mine a little bit taller. I want to learn from other people. And I said this in a bunch of media outlets, the hardest part for me being on the show was having to watch the fights and watching someone have to lose because I wanted every single person to win. Like that was difficult, mm. you know? Um, and, and, and I know Gary feels the same way. And so like Gary, with your music, when, with your shoes, I mean, let's talk about shoes i don't care about shoes you get a new pair of shoes it makes me happy for you bingo because you're doing what you love and you're collecting what you love so i hope you get thousands of pairs of shoes like that's just and it could be building legos it could be your landscaping like why can't we just be happy for yeah. people and doing what they love whether we like it or not yeah people are in competition with the people around them all the time which i just i never understood you know i, I you know i have a little t-shirt line and stuff and one of the shirts is hype your friends like i'm taking telling people about you guys all the time tell people like my boy adrian just went two more emmys yesterday like yep. i bragged about that for two days like like i love the fact that my friends are successful and like it makes me look cool it makes me feel good like we help each other like we rise together like i you name a problem i could call somebody right now and fucking fix it i guarantee it because i have a huge circle of people that trust me and that i trust and there's all these like small circle people that that's not me at all like my fucking circle is the globe like i want to be able to land in norway and they call my friend or land in australia and get have five people to go have a beer with like that's what i want you know i don't want to be like oh i'm so worried about someone screwing me over or whatever i'm gonna have this small circle yeah i get fucked over all the time if everybody paid me back the money they owed me i could retire like it happens but i'm not going to change the way that i act based on you know that kind of shit like every girlfriend i ever have accused me of cheating immediately because her ex-boyfriend fucking cheated like i'm not going to do that to other people johnny over here fucks me over billy over here doesn't mean he's going to do the same thing so it's hard to like be that way, I think. And I struggle with it sometimes, but like, I'm going to keep putting myself out there to do that. And the good outweighs the bad. Like I could go anywhere, do anything. Like I have so many opportunities and doors that open up just because of, you know, that way it's a few times to get slammed in my face or get fucked over. It's like, it's not even close. To, Wasn't you know, yours. The good, the good outweighs the bad. Every yeah. time I found out after the fact that something was presented to me that I really wanted or thought I wanted. I found out after the fact that that was somebody else's gold every single time, every single time, because until I found podcasting and a way to affect change through this, it was everybody else's gold and it was everybody else's high. Every time I finished it, every time I got it, the material item or the place or the vacation or the, you know, the Audi or this or that, you know, every single time, temporary high, temporary high, right back down, crash down because it was somebody else's gold, somebody else's success, somebody else's picture, you know, that was painted for me. And I was trying to do the dot to dot next to it to make it match. 
doesn't work that way. You got to go back to being you, 100% you. Well, let's talk Let's talk about that for a second. I'm going to talk about people I like and people I don't like. Mm. I like you guys. You're my friends. I enjoy your company. Gary, we've talked a lot. True or false? Yeah, a lot. What kind of truck do I drive? Ford F-150. No, you have no, I mean, the answer is I you have no, no fucking idea. I well, just, hey, you know I, what? It doesn't matter. Nobody fucking cares. It's not influencing your decision to be friends with me or not friends with me. Yep. Now, let's say the person I don't know, they don't give a fuck either. I'm out here spending a bunch of money to buy a car I don't even care for to impress a bunch of people who I don't know. And if I did know them, I wouldn't like them anyway. Yep. And if they were to be the type of person to judge me on the truck I drive, I wouldn't want them in my life. So why do I give a shit? I would rather... And I talked about paying a big car payment. My truck cost me 400 bucks a month. I've got cloth seats. I don't have the big ass truck. Like it is as plain as you can get. Great. You know what? Maybe I could have got the truck for a thousand a month, 1200 a month. I'd rather take that extra 800 bucks and spend it on something I want. If I'm Gary, I'm buying shoes. That would bring me more happiness. If you're me, I'm buying magic gathering cars. I love <laughs> this, by the way, that, that caught me completely off guard and actually made me love you even more as a human. Because that just shows that you're 100% you all the time. It does not matter. You find happiness in what you find happiness in. Because Yeah, and why why should I why should I why should I care what you think? And by the way, with the match of the gathering thing, fun. You can call me a fucking nerd. You can make fun of me. I you will. can think like I'm the only person in the world that does that. Ooh. No, you're not, the but the other two I will do. What's up? Magic the Gathering called Wizards of the Coast. Do you have any idea how much fucking money they make? Like, you have no idea the amount of people who play that game, who, by the way, hide it because it's nerd shit. But it's like there are a bunch of people. There's actually the show called Game Nights put on by Command Cast that has all kinds of famous people that come on and play Magic the Gathering. And all of a sudden, cool you realize. Now. It is cool to be a nerd yep. and best friends I've ever had in my life were D&D players growing up. The, the coolest yep. and nicest people, yes, the what? least bullying, the, the most open-minded, the most creative are ones that play games like you're describing. That's why I actually love that is because whereas it doesn't have to be my bag, but again, being happy for somebody that's happy with what they're doing is how we're supposed to be. And it's cool to see your so, face light up as soon as you started naming off each one of those types. So, so here's, here's the other thing, the happiest people, and I say, this is a dad, the happiest people in the world are kids. Yes. Like I took my kids to the GameStop the other day and I bought them some figurines. They love this anime show called Seven Deadly Sins. I bought I them Seven Deadly Sins figures. It's really good. And the little one, the two and a half year old, can't even conceptually understand what's going on in the TV show, but he watches it because then he recognizes it. He starts clapping and squealing and literally he starts fucking dancing in the middle of the GameStop out of joy. It's beautiful. They're the happiest people in the world. My question to you both is, is what would it take you to be given in public for you to clap and dance and cry and sing and like just just total joy like what ten million dollars now we were talking like about this right before you came on today mm. uh <laughs> but jay was sharing some of his music with me because we both do music and he was talking about how like he acts like that when he's doing music i'm insane and we're, yeah, fuck it, it like you like that's act like that who cares you know fucking if anybody thinks i look stupid fucking fight me <laughs> okay, yeah like, so for me to talk about the kid thing those are the things that i loved as a kid you know what i loved as a kid he man and the masters of the universe oh, who didn't man that was the best you know, do you know how fucking happy i was when i went on ebay and bought a bunch of old he-man toys so i could play with them and watch the episode with 
my kids and see them set up Castle Grayskull. Another one I loved, the Thundercat. Who didn't love the Thundercat? To watch the Thundercats with my kids. Snarf, snarf, snarf. (laughs) So the stuff I loved as a kid, Star Wars, Thundercats, He-Man, Conan the Barbarian, uh, Legos. Why would I all of a sudden give those up when I turn 15 or 16? And because I'm an old man now, I have to wear New Balance sneakers and collars. I got some dope New Balance, but I fuck a collar. No. So I saw a study. Yeah, sorry. I saw a study that that says that there was likening this situation to older people and imagination and the strength that it has and the role that it plays in our lives. In our overall well-being, there was a study, and I'm gonna, I'm not even going to be able to tell you where it was or, or what it was, but the, essentially they had taken a group of, say, 60-year-old uh, humans, men, women, whatever, and they put them in an environment where everything was as if it were the 50s. The music, the entire living condition, everything was that way, and they lived in it for an extended period of time. And the phenomenons that they saw were verbal acuity. They were able to walk without canes. They were able to, you know, enjoy themselves more, less medications, all sorts of bizarre stuff. But it was the fact that they were utilizing their imagination, living in the world where they felt the most comfortable or they were their happiest. And it had such an impact on them. You're back to being a kid. Yes. So here's, here's me when I was a kid, just as an example at Magic Gathering, it's not a cheap game to play. Mm -mm. Like a box of cards is a hundred plus dollars and they can range up to, that's how much that shit uh, costs. (laughs) Yeah. There's a new set coming out called Double Masters and a box is going to cost $335. I could not afford afford that as a kid. My parents, the odd time would buy me a couple of packages. And then over time, cause you make a deck of cards, I could put together a deck and I could kind of trade and I could play, but we had no money. So I wasn't the kid getting all the things, right? Mm-hmm. Well, now I'm in a situation where I'm not even looking at packages. I'm buying, I'm not even buying fucking boxes. I'm buying cases. You better believe I'm a fucking enjoy that. Like when I walk into the store, there's a store in here called Paragon Gates. I am like a seven-year-old with a fucking unlimited budget. Do you know how fun it would be for me to go back in time and give seven-year-old little fucking Bobby Maximus a credit card and say, you go into Toys R Us and buy whatever the fuck you want? Oh, my God. Look look at the studio. This is me doing what I never did as a kid because just like yourself, I grew up with nothing. We didn't have a refrigerator. We had a cooler. We had a front door boarded shut. That shit now. Like, if I showed you the house I grew up in, you could buy it now for about $60,000. You wouldn't buy mine. It was Okay, fair enough. <laughs> Two bedrooms, one bathroom. Yep. Some of the some of the what were supposed to be curtains were like blankets. Mm-hmm. So my 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 son, he says, uh, Dad, are we rich? Fuck yeah. He goes, I don't think we're rich. Like my friends has blah 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 blah. He's like, Why do you think we're rich? I'm like, because we have a garage. He's like, what do you think? <laughs> right. Like? So like you know, you can't see it at home, but like, if you look around my garage, I got all kinds of workout equipment. I got signed memorabilia on the wall. I got a cold plunge in here. I got a freezer in my garage. Like, man, I'm fucking loaded as far as I'm concerned. Now it's not, I'm not Bill Gates. I'm not traditional. Your, your, de- your definition of loaded, like, man, I'm happy. So I'd rather focus on that and enjoy it back to the truck. I don't want to spend my money on a truck. I don't give a fuck about a truck, but it makes me so happy to be able to buy toys, to be 
be able to buy my Magic the Gathering cards. And I don't give a shit whether you like them or not. Like, yeah, it's, it's for me. Just like <laughs> shoes. I don't give a shit whether you like them or not. Go buy your shoes. Go buy your podcast, Mike. Go buy whatever you got to buy. Yep. I think I think that's how we're supposed to live our life. Uh, a lot of times, I, the more that I concentrated on money, uh, the less that I had for the longest time. The yeah. more it was a struggle, the more it was all these different things. The more that I started becoming kind and not caring about money is the more that money appeared in my life. It came around in different ways. It showed up here. It showed up there. It wasn't uh, It wasn't the same mechanism, but it certainly is supposed to work that way. Yeah. So another story for you. I'm a huge WWE fan. Huge. Like it like basically formed my entire life philosophy. You know what I mean? We had Ellie Neidhart on the other day. I like that. But as a kid, how many WWE events do you think I went to? Zero. Zero? Fucking. And you were in the capital of wrestling where it all started. Canada. Yeah. We couldn't afford that. Couldn't go to a WrestleMania. I couldn't go to a Monday Night Raw. We didn't have the opportunity to do that shit. Do you know how fucking fun it was when Monday Night Raw came to Salt? lake city me and my boy sat front fucking row oh my god i was on another planet gary like it was like this is the greatest thing that has ever happened to me in my entire life now i also happened to be friends with a bunch of people in the wwe so we got to go backstage we got to hang out a couple of the guys came to the gym like dude like it it was and in my it's funny my kid was 11 at the time it was right before covid but i like took a moment i'm like dude i just want you to understand how special this is like listen you soak this good for you like you laugh you dance you like yell you boo people you get into it like trust me i've never this is my i'm 40 fucking years old and this is my first time going to monday night raw and and i've been a wwe fan for years this is the first time i can really afford to do something holy shit dude you better enjoy this so you're damn right like i acted like a fool i did the same thing i was thing. a child i wore the gear i man i was like i had one of those fold fingers you know what i, I mean? love that yeah i got it i bought a jimmy superfly snooker shirt and uh i took my yep. nephews same thing i was probably close to 38 years old before i went to one and i've gone to a few since i got chairs right over there you get to keep your chair like that's just fucking cool but yeah i was yep. like i was acting like a kid i wasn't really into it like leading up to that but when i was there i was doing the same shit i was fucking booing everybody and like i would just you know like didn't matter everybody was acting crazy like every walk of life like i don't know it's it's a, a lot of fun like but why why not enjoy it because now you can afford to do that or now you can like i'm i i live life to just do all the things i never did as a kid I, I, that i really i agree i agree i agree I love that because that's, that's the last like three years. It took me a long time to, to get on the train towards happiness. It was really easy to stay in that shell for a long time. Um, you know, that's, that's how we, excuse me. That's, that's how we, uh, we feel safe. You want, you want me to tell you something that I learned today that I appreciate more than anything. When we were kids, man, I had to wait till Saturday morning for my cartoon to come on. Not anymore. I had to wait until like everyone knows the pain of having to like rewind a cassette tape to listen to a song again. Or when the little, you know, you know, you know, my judgment of like how old you are is hand somebody a pencil and a cassette tape, right? I did that yesterday. (laughs) How we used to do things. Do you know how cool it is to go on Spotify and just play whatever I want? Do you know how cool it is? 
to like, I wanted to watch The Last Dragon this morning with my kids and just pop on the Amazon Fire Stick and search it and it's there. Oh my God. This is like the greatest thing because I grew up, Gary, you too, we grew up through tough times yeah, where it was, it was like, you couldn't listen to the music you wanted to listen to, watch the shows you wanted to. We still made it happen, but now I am so grateful for this stuff. You don't even know. Like people complain about how expensive Netflix is for like 11 bucks a month. This is the coolest fucking yeah. thing in a history. Like I can watch Seven Deadly Sins. I can watch Castlevania. I can watch Thundercats. I can watch He-Man. Friday is on favorite. in the living room right now. It's one It's one of those show, the movies that just plays throughout this house because of things like that. Because I didn't have the ability, just like, like you said, to be able to pull it up as a yeah. kid. Do we have My three favorite Marvel eight, character? VHS tapes. Is it? Yeah. My favorite Marvel character is Blade the Vampire Hunter. I can go watch Blade 1, Blade 2, Great set Blade of movies. 3, the Anim cartoon. If I want to check out what's going on Blade now, I can like Google on the internet. Like, when's Blade new movie coming up? Like, oh, dude, I'm living a dream right now. Like, I, I Wesley love Wesley Snipes Blade. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did, did, uh, is there a different blade now? Is there like, yeah, I can't pronounce, no, no, no. <laughs> I can't pronounce his name. Um, Maya Shara Ali is the new blade. He played Remy in House of Cards. He's a yeah. phenomenal actor. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. That's but a, like, I, I like House of Cards a lot. I was, I was a little troubled. Um, when I found out that Wesley Snipes wasn't going to be Blade anymore, I'm like, there's no one. And when they announced his name, I'm like, okay, I'm good. Like, and everyone was like, okay, we're good with this. So, uh, but, but just like as a, as a, as a point, like, it's pretty cool that I can just go do all that stuff now as a kid. I couldn't. So like, I, I also try to enjoy stuff. Gary, you talked about the show. You talked about how hard it was. We were away from our families. We were making sacrifices. We had to do filming stuff. There was a sketch, blah, blah, fucking blah. You know how I look at it? I got to be on TV, <laughs> which is cool as fuck. Right. I got to hang out with 15 of the best fighters on the planet. You're talking to a person that loves fighting. So I got to go in a house and a room with 15 of the other most talented people in the world doing what I do. It might be the best training camp I've ever been a part of. Number three, I got to meet all kinds of incredible people. Two of the greatest female fighters of all time. And the best part, I had a fucking list. I woke up in the morning. I thought, who does Bobby Maximus want to eat today? I want some fucking Fruit Loops. I put Fruit Loops on the list. They magically appeared in my cubby the next fucking day. I wanted ribeye. Oh, ribeye appeared in a cubby. I wanted Nutella. Nutella appeared in a cubby. You have any idea how good that feels? Now I'm living in a world. I'm on tough times, man. I got to get in my car. I got to go to the grocery store. <laughs> I got to check. Oh, like you, I had you, know, you don't got Instacart. No, yeah. I had an army of fucking servants at my disposal to get shit for me. So it's like I can sit here and I can complain about how rough this experience was. It was pretty fucking dope. Let me tell you that. You know what I mean? So like I also try to appreciate stuff on a day to day basis because what would you? And by the way, the people on the show and there were a couple of people like this and I couldn't fucking stand them. Gary, you know who they were. I'm not going to call people out by name. The people that were sitting there complaining about it were the people that before the show would given their fucking kidney to be on the show. So don't you dare come around here complaining around me now. Yeah, I mean, it's... Be grateful. It's tough. I don't, yeah. I you don't, know? Yeah. It's... I try not to judge There's, those people because you don't know what they're going through and I just... People just complain. Like, some people, like... I complain a lot as, like, a way to, like, vent my frustration so it looks like I'm bitching a lot, but it's kind of like... uh yeah, it's different though, Gary. Out, you're a grateful dude. Yeah. Here, exactly. you're gonna put this, you're you're gonna put this line in one of your raps. Remember when you wanted what you have now. Have some that's a fundamental principle of how I live my life. Remember you would have fucking killed someone 
<laughs> to get what you have now. Remember you were in your bed, like on your knees with your little hands balled up, praying to whatever maker you believe in for what you have now. So like when you have it, fucking enjoy it. I, I smile. I love that. Gary's going to hate this. I got to tell you a story of who changed my perspective in my life on this. It's Gary, Drake. I don't want to hear your negative bullshit when I bring his name up. It's Drake. You know Drake. So it's always Drake. I've had a bunch of really cool experiences in my life. I've got to meet a bunch of famous people, went on some really fun dates, traveled a little bit because I fought in the UFC. I've been in the media. I've got to do some really cool things. In the 2000s, I didn't want to ask people to take pictures with them. I didn't want to be that guy. I didn't want to overly take advantage of things. I didn't want to use my D-level celebrity status to get a free meal or get in the club because I had a chip on my shoulder. And Gary, you can relate to this, but like I'm earning everything. No one's giving me shit for free. Blah, 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 blah. I'm a hustler, whatever. Yeah. Then I see this motherfucker, Drake. Drake built a basketball court in his house. He has his own league with like NBA referees. He's sitting front row at all the Raptors games. He's flying Golden State in to run practice at his house. Like he is living his best life like a damn kid. And he doesn't give a shit. And he's one of the most famous, richest people on the planet. So when I saw him doing that, I'm like, it's good for me to do this too. I'm just not a I'm fan of his music. To- like, Enjoy this. That shit's you know cool. what I mean? It's- like if I had the means, you're damn right. Stephen Curry and Clay Thompson are coming over to my house to play basketball. Do you know Why how not? cool it would be? You know what I mean? To sit front row at a Toronto Raptors game to like, I've also said this, Gary, this is where this dream was born. When I make enough money, I'm going to hire Method Man and Redmond to follow me around for a week and just wrap me in and out of the Whole Foods, wrap me I love in and it. out of the Target. You could get Redman to do that for $89 right now, yeah, I bet. To, to be sitting in the back seat of my truck, rapping about my driving. Do yeah. you know how fucking that would be amazing. Would hire me to oh do my that God. now. Everybody needs a soundtrack. Everybody needs a soundtrack, a live soundtrack. I want that too. I'm with you. I did yeah, follow yeah, yeah. Redman around for a week once. At or the to pay like... To pay like Ice Cube and you're like, Ice Cube, you just got to be Craig for the day. You're going to hang out on my front lawn and you're going to be Craig for the day. Like, oh, oh my God, dude. This is a, yeah, that's Jay's dream. <laughs> <laughs> like, hey, so I want to, I we've, we've been doing this for about an hour now and I want to, I want to extend the invitation first off to, to have you come back on anytime you want. Um, I'm sure Gary agrees with me. You guys have known each other forever, um, but I would be remiss not to point out something. Um, and that was that you were discussing a point about your son and you told him to stop and take it all in and to enjoy yep. that moment. And I think that that's something that we could all take as advice. And what I think that you did was you gave him a core memory. You called it out. You gave him a waypoint in life and you said, you know what? This is one that you need to pay attention to and you're going to want to reference again. And I think that that's something that everybody should try to do in life is throw up those flags so that they can look back on their life and see the path that they've traveled and what to be grateful for, for where they're at. So I can leave you with this. You want to know the secret to real happiness? A lot of people think self-care is taking a bath. Mm-mm. Self-care is like cleaning That's your truck gross. or cleaning whatever. No, here's what you're going to do. Real self-care is doing something frivolous for yourself that is non-productive that you love. Cocaine. It's not, Wait, it's not <laughs> money. Did you just say cocaine? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you really like cocaine. Yeah. Oh Scarface. That's perfect. That's fucking perfect. Here's the deal, though. I can't do it. My nose doesn't work. <laughs> we're, 
we're living, Jay, in a world that's like, you got to wake up at 4.30, rise and grind, hustle, all this shit, cool, whatever. Every day I take time, maybe it's 30 minutes, maybe it's an hour, maybe it's 20 minutes to do something completely frivolous for myself that doesn't matter. Maybe playing with match gathering cards. Yesterday I played God of War on the PlayStation for an hour. It could be organizing my shoes again. Like it doesn't matter. Do something frivolous that you really, really love. That's not productive in any way that you mm. just enjoy that's not tied to your income and the second is then take a minute after and be super fucking grateful for it that you had the time to do that mm. and you will be a remarkably happier human and it's simple and it's free you'll enjoy the hell out of it cocaine is that's not free it. what are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> God. All right. Uh, I'm going to get a shirt that says that cocaine is not free. Hey, thanks so much. I genuinely appreciate you coming on. I I can't wait to, to have you back on Gary. I'm sure you got some things to say. Shit. Um, Drake's pretty cool. His music's not. Um, I don't really do cocaine. I'll show you my belly if you don't believe me. Um, <laughs> and uh, speaking of that, um, anybody that's older and kind of struggling about staying in shape or getting in shape, you should check out everything that Bobby's got going on. Um, he's really motivational to our era of people that hit their 40s and are like, fuck, like it's over. I can't do things like follow along with what he's doing yeah please give a give not a your little plug. lettuce and yeah it's like not everybody thinks dieting is eating shit you hate and is eating four leaves of lettuce and going to bed hungry and you can't work out like it sucks like find something like boxing or punch a bag like do find something you like to be active eat good food you know and he could take it from here but it's someone to follow and, and motivate to like not you know be such fat pieces of shit like we are when we hit 40 yeah so 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 something on that note i wasn't going to say this but it's coming up there was a versus uh for those of you that are like live under a rock versus is a musical hip-hop r&b competition where they pit two artists against each other and they freestyle they do whatever so there was a versus where it's the locks versus Dipset. So you got Styles P, Jadakiss, Sheik Looch against Cameron, Jewel Santana, Jim Jones, like the whole deal, right? And Jadakiss comes out and fucking kills it. Like Jadakiss is, he's a vampire. He hasn't aged. Like he just stole the whole show. I'm watching this like, these other guys look like they've fallen off. And Jadakiss is like, maybe better than he's ever been. Like, how's he doing this? I go over to his Instagram page. This motherfucker here is working out every day. He's like doing pull-ups. He's running. He's doing CrossFit. He's doing this Bar Stars, like Harlem playground workout things. Yeah, like, they own oh, juice shit. stores. Okay, that's what it is. The message for you in this, the lesson is that he's building this on a foundation of fitness. You see, if you're more fit, you can do the thing you love more. You can be less stress-free. You can be happier. Like, it's a great lesson. Whatever you do, working out will make you, or fitness, shouldn't say working out because now you're picturing being in a gym. Some level of fitness and health will make you better at it and able to do the thing that you love way more. So Gary, you're right. Like whoever you are, you want to be a better podcaster? Exercise. You want to be better at making movies? Exercise. You want to be a better actor? Exercise. You want to be a better lawyer? Exercise. You want to be a better dad? Exercise. Like it's that simple. I love that. Well, thank you so much, Bobby. Yep. Um, where can everybody find you? It's bobbymaximus.com. So, so first of all, I want to thank you guys. I'm humbled and honored and grateful that you take your time to speak with me. Uh, it's funny uh, talking about what we did in the podcast. There was a time, again, I would have killed to be on a podcast. I remember the first one I did and it was so exciting. And so I try to treat everyone like that. So thank you so much for thinking enough of me to have me on here. I'm grateful 
I love what you guys do. And I just know that you made me really happy and I appreciate it. Now, as far as where to find me, there are two ways. The first way, which is recommended, is just at Bobby Maximus. That's Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all those things. That's number one. Number two, which I do not recommend because bad things happen to people. Go in your bathroom at midnight, turn off the lights, and say Bobby Maximus into the mirror five times. <laughs> but again, don't fucking do that. It might not end I, up the way. I hope it wakes you up. up real time. <laughs> like you're like, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> what are you yeah, doing, yeah. man? Mighty sense. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> They're all doing it now. Stop calling me. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. So those are the two ways if you want to get a hold of me. All right. Candyman style and at Bobby Maximus. Candyman, yeah. <laughs> That's it. Thanks so much, man. And remember everybody, be cool and keep learning. Bro. So cool. What's up, academics? This is Jay. I'm here to talk to you about Into the AM. This is a clothing and apparel company that I came across last year that has the absolute coolest designs. And the reason why I was attracted to it is because I grew up without a lot of money, like many others, and had to shop on that outlet rack with the irregular items. Things like the fly was over four inches to the left, or the right sleeve would be twice the size of the left. It looked like I was growing horizontally. Like, it's okay, honey, you'll grow into your left arm. So you really don't get a chance to express yourself the way that you want to. You go into life, you start putting on suits, you start putting on uniforms, and you realize you'd never had a chance to truly express yourself. Enter into the AM, a team of artists and creators who share a common vision. They see clothing as a canvas to express what drives you. Since 2012, They've developed premium apparel that elevates self-expression and provides unparalleled comfort for wherever your passions take you. Into the AM's passion for change is the driving force behind their brand. They remain committed to creating products that inspire and promote self-expression by partnering with like-minded organizations focused on giving back to communities in need. Last year, they donated 1% of all revenue from their graphic tees collection to the Art of Elysium charity. The Art of Elysium is an artist organization built on the idea that through service, art becomes a catalyst for social change. For over 24 years, the Art of Elysium has paired volunteer artists with communities to support individuals in the midst of difficult emotional life changes. They currently offer 110 community programs per month, serving over 30,000 individuals per year. The only permanent thing in life is change. Supporting charities dedicated to helping those going through these changes, trials, and tribulations require a never-ending commitment. The onus is on us as creators to affect change through our true, authentic talents, and Into the AM is the model of how this is done. Their clothes are handcrafted with care. They have a team of skilled artisans that craft each garment with the highest quality fabrics and eco-friendly inks. Not to mention, these things don't shrink, they don't fade, and they fit as if they were designed supernaturally. I'm stopped every time I wear one of the graphic tees to find out where I got it. The colors attract attention from miles, and the art is nothing short of spectacular, with designs for everyone. One of my personal favorites, Twilight Maiden. Go take a look. Into the AM does all of this while putting their money where their mouth is. 30-day money-back guarantee, lightning-fast shipping, and hassle-free returns. The deals are endless. Graphic tee bundles, discount promo codes. Get over there. Check it out. I'm highlighting the tees. But I'd be remiss to not mention that if you want to walk around in the absolute most comfortable shorts, joggers, and basic tees, 
hit up into the end. I even wear the basics to the gym. Head on over to the tragedyacademy.com, go to our sponsors tab and follow the affiliate link to the Into the AM store. Help support Into the AM and the Tragedy Academy by purchasing the absolute best apparel and the best designs ever. And remember, academics, be cool and keep learning.